0: This week on The Clappers, we're talking Ad Astra.
1: Peaky Blinders.
0: Succession, just a little bit.
1: (laughs) We are also talking about, what was that thing you were talking about at the start? Ride Like a Girl. Ride Like a Girl. We're talking about Ride Like a Girl. And then there'll be some other talk about some other stuff as well (laughs) that we didn't plan on that just came out. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Carl. Yes, Andrew. I am going to amaze you.
0: You always do.
1: What I was doing just before we met in that corridor outside, I was playing association football. No way. I was playing association football. You were playing ASOC. A game I've never played since I was a little boy. Mm. And it wasn't my choice, but it was a parents versus kids. It was the last day of soccer. Right. And uh, my child was in the goal and I was in some position near the front. The, one of the people that attempts—it's called a striker.
0: One yeah. of the people
1: that attempts to kick a goal yeah. Yeah. from the wing, no, uh, a
0: winger, no uh, less. Perhaps I, you know, I'm we relying right, on your right winger or a left winger. Left winger, oh, of course, yeah. you were <laughs> <I'm>
1: relying <laughs> on your your expert knowledge on this. Uh,
0: Number my, eleven in the old. I don't think the system. adults were
1: trying very hard, right? I feel maybe I was, right? Yeah, um, I know that the, feeling. <laughs> the, the game was punctuated, and I will be forever known as the father who. Uh, slammed, I thought it was a very gentle little nudge, <laughs> but slammed the ball into his daughter's ba- uh, bread basket, her stomach, All right. winding her, causing her to fall on the ground, All crying. Right. Uh, I think that was a little bit of uh, Italian-style football
0: at play there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did she roll like mm, 20 metres? No, 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 no.
1: She just she just fell. She hasn't
0: been I, watching uh, Neymar videos just to get some tips, has she? No. <laughs> but um, I, I, I said to her, why didn't you? You know, catch the ball with your hand. We haven't been
1: told about that yet. What the goalie can catch? Again, I think there was a little bit of, you know, I felt I felt bad. I felt bad, and from then on, decided not to try very hard. Like the other parents, I mean, even trying, I'm I'm not very good at this game, having never played it. Um, I I had some accuracy, but you know, this goalie is a pretty good goalie. Stopped a lot of balls from the uh, from the parents' side with
0: her face, with
1: her Um, her. (laughs) arms. Bread basket, <laughs> and um, her grandparents were standing there, looking very concerned and wondering what kind of man looking they, daggers <laughs> at you they had allowed into their lives. <laughs> I'm uh, sure that's n- not the first
0: time they've wondered.
1: That. Oh, I'm sure they wonder that on a daily basis. Uh, I, I, I did feel a pang, but I was the gentlest of nudges, and you know. It, 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 Lobbed into the air, in such a soft—it barely had any power or momentum. Frankly, I'm surprised it even got there. So gentle was that. So
0: I, um, I have a confession along similar lines. I I once played in um, one of my kids' uh, school footy Mm -hmm. Um, comp parents versus kids. Confessing anything? No, of course you're not right. You're celebrating (laughs) (laughs) it. it was uh, too great. It was called the Festival of the Boot, and sort of. Week before the grand final, and uh and I, you know, I was running to take a mark, and there was yes, a would. kid running to try and prevent me from doing it. and I just bulldozed him. And yeah, it was like yeah. you
1: know, it's hard. Football
0: it's, was the winner uh, on the day. I know, and and really, <laughs> I tried telling that to his parents, but the, they the didn't kids not want to know. The
1: kids don't want to be patronised. <laughs> they want to. They want a challenge. They want a contest. They don't just want you to fall down and let them win. And there were so many kids compared to to parents. You know, the parents are pretty slack and and a lot of them had never played a ball game in their life, a yeah. lot of the parents, and so we're just waving their arms about and laughing, which is fine, absolutely fine, and it makes the kids feel good. But having one or two people who were at least attempting to try and... There was there was another a dad on the other side who actually, you could tell, played this game. Right. He had, had some idea. He had a, an ability to move the ball very quickly or then slow it down, make it change direction, like some kind of wizard, mm. a foot wizard mm. he was. He was great. He didn't seem... Attempts to kick any goals He just would move it up And then let the kids go And I mean Again Very nice Very friendly Maximum points for being A good bloke But not very competitive yeah, You know that. What's wrong with and it And what are you teaching <laughs> The kids You're teaching them That they're going to be Allowed to win Any day Any time Whenever uh, Whatever yes. You know Not the best lesson As far as I'm concerned They The kids won Of course Uh a surprise Four Four goals To two you know, the, the parents' goal Same was not the, a very good goalkeeper. Same scoreline as the 1966 you know.
0: World Cup final.
1: Yeah, mm, I was thinking about that. Were you? 1966. Yep, the one and right. only last time that uh, were they called England or Great Britain? England. They were England. They were England. Yeah. 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 Very sad. I probably won't be doing that again be sad. Why is very sad? They won. Yeah, no. What I, what I mean is, I, I probably won't won't be asked. I'll, I'll have a scarlet number painted on my back. Yes, an invisible imaginary scarlet yep. number painted on bad my dad. back. Bad dad from now on. Bad dad yeah. kicks ball at own child. You will you'll get, so get the
0: letters on the back of your jersey. Yeah. Bad dad. Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> Man.
1: Speak to me, Carl.
0: Uh, I'm going to talk about a film called Ride Like a Girl. I bet you've heard about this. Mm, have, I you? have Yeah, I have heard about it. Yeah.
1: What did I hear about it?
0: It's got horses. Did you hear that? Mm, yeah, it's about Michelle Payne. About Michelle Payne, It's yes. got an actress playing her. Uh, Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer. It's directed by an actress. That's about it. Rachel Griffiths. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's basically, so Michelle Payne in case listeners don't know was the first woman to ride a horse to victory in the Melbourne Cup she won it in 2015 on Pirate of Penzance and uh, it's a pretty remarkable story I mean it's mm. got you, you know how it's going to end mm-hmm. you know which I it's one of the one of the things that I find amazing about film it Every time. Mm. It all, it gets me every time. It's like, I know how this ends, and yet... And yet, I'm, I'm still invested, to, and I'm still on the edge of my seat. Mm. How does that happen? It's strange, isn't it? It, it is strange. Sh- it shows
1: yeah. you that it's uh, the relationships and the characters and the way they develop that Indeed. are interesting rather than the story.
0: And it's... Uh, so it basically follows her from very young age. There's a little bit of documentary footage at the beginning of the film. So you see this five-year-old Michelle Payne being asked... Because she's from a family, a horse racing family. Her father, Paddy, is a trainer... Uh, there, there were ten kids. Eight of them became jockeys. Um, they they were originally from New Zealand. They moved to Ballarat in the 1980s. Michelle and her brother Stevie were born in in um, Ballarat. Stevie has Down syndrome, um, but uh, works as a strapper in the in the family business. And now he works with Michelle, who is still riding, but is also training. Um, and they, uh, she, so she's asked as a little kid. So, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says, "I just want to win the Melbourne Cup."
1: Oh, um. how adorable! <laughs> how adorable! And and you know what? She she only it. went and did it. It's
0: it's yeah. pretty great. Okay, really well, good. I like I think,
1: this film. Yeah, I've got no no problem with people
0: making a film about this. Well, I'm glad to hear I've that. No problem. I'm glad this. to hear that. It's At very magnanimous all. of you, Mister Young. I know. And Incredibly generous. We do movie. love a horse movie. Well, I don't particularly love a horse
1: movie, I've got to say. I meant we as a nation.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that, that's Mantra interesting. Man from
1: Snowy River was a very popular film. Yes, it far was. Far Lap was a very and popular that film. that
0: was, Man from Snowy River was 30, I think 36 years ago. Far Lap was a, a little more, perhaps. Are you
1: saying that because we don't make a lot of horse I'm films, saying
0: that we, we don't really like them? I'm saying that they are successful ones, mm-hmm. a few and far between. I think probably the last serious stab at a horse film was The Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. which uh, was about um, Damien Oliver yep. um, riding, also riding a Melbourne Cup um, winner after his brother had died mm-hmm. and uh, that was not particularly successful. Okay. It remains to be seen whether Ride Like a Girl will be successful. They certainly have big plans for it. Mm-hmm. It's going pretty wide and uh, there's a lot of expectation mm-hmm. for, about this film. Um, there's a kind of a me too element, but not massively so. Mm. There is definitely a sort of a sense of what a female jockey is up against in terms yeah. of the in, in, entrenched chauvinism of the industry mm-hmm. and uh, male jockeys, and and not just jockeys, but tra- trainers and mm. owners as well, who uh, need to be um, sort of beaten over the head to to consent to the idea that a woman might ride their horse in the mm. in the Melbourne Cup. So it's it's got it's got a bit of a bit of edge to it but it's really a story about family and and about a girl's sort of well, a, a young woman's determination to basically see this this dream through yeah. and ability shining through I guess and determination as I say it's like it's pretty good it's mm. pretty good and it's it's one of those it's definitely a film that you could go to with with kids and yeah. no really no uh, no surprise that it's being released around school all the holiday time yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears> it's not but it's not a film that's Particularly four kids, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like yeah. I could I could certainly have taken my my uh, my daughter is now sixteen at the height of her horse riding fixation when mm-hmm. she was you know she's still still rides, but probably, you know, 10 to 12, I think she would have adored this film. Yeah, would okay. absolutely have. Yeah, right, yep. And would probably have gone, that's the life I want. Mm. So it's probably just as well she didn't see it then. Well, yeah, there's a lot of hardships involved in being a jockey. I think it'd be a terrible life. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. the, and you do get a sense of that. You, get, you certainly get a sense of the early mornings and all that sort of business, mm-hmm. but the near starvation. Yeah, that's what I was like, thinking about. You, you kind of go, that's not healthy. Sitting in the sauna it's for not like
1: hours at a time no. trying to drop... Weight through yeah. fluid loss, yeah, yeah. So, there's there's
0: a scene, and uh, the, the film Sounds sort of great. There's a I wouldn't, I don't know that you say it's absolutely based on her book or adapted from her book because I think Michelle Payne's book and the movie were sort of developed sort of parallel in a way. Okay. So, they probably you know, there's certainly uh, exchange of of stories and information, I imagine, but the. I've I've read a I've read a bit of a book and and there's the scene from the book that is in the film in which she's got to lose 3 kilos in I think 24 hours or something. How? Uh, well, starvation. Yeah. To start off with sauna and then she wraps herself in glad wrap mm-hmm. and wears the warmest clothes she possibly can on a summer's day for a drive from Ballarat to to Melbourne Mm. uh, with the aircon off. It's summer, with Mm. the aircon off and the windows up. And it's like, you look at that and go, that's not only like horrible, but it's probably really dangerous. It seems like it would be dangerous to close off all your pores. Well, her head would be unwrapped, wouldn't it? So not all her pores. Anyway. Hands probably too. Good story. Good film. Mm. Feel good film without being soppy, I think. Okay. For
1: for another feel good family show that's for all the family, and, all the family, and about about a family, I,
0: Succession. Uh, no,
1: but I did <laughs> I did I did re reintegrate, reconnect, reconnect. I'm going to say I reconnected in a metaphorical sense my Netflix subscription, right. Because I, you you paid? Yes, it, $10. Oh wow. $10, oh. $10 oh. for the month. And I think I'll, I'll only have it for that month and then turn it off. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it won't have helped you with succession. No, it won't. <laughs> but I did because, as I said, um, a delightful family drama. It's in its... Well, see, the problem—it was really hard to know what season it was up to because it just disappeared. And, and, I, and what show are we talking? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to ah. tell you. Oh, I'm on okay. TED Talks. Well, you should be. I'm excited. Uh, Peaky Blinders, which ah, right. is for everybody. It's delightful and charming and sweet. It's the fourth yeah. season is on Netflix Australia, but there is a fifth season that already has episodes being shown somewhere, maybe in the UK, but not here. But they do exist, and th- and they're about halfway through the broadcast of those. It's about the uh, Shelby family. Uh, Tommy is the head of this family. And at this point, at the start of season four, he's an angry man. He has reason to be angry uh, in the third season, I think, or the end of the second this season. This is Killian Murphy's character, yes. right? yeah. yeah his yeah. wife was murdered, and uh, he's made some very... Unfortunate deals slash relationships with the Russians and the IRA involving the blowing up of a train. A lot of things go wrong, of course. The end of season three has every member of his family being given up to the police for various crimes by him. And Do you know how many seasons there are? Well, I, I said I'm up to four, and there are seven. Yeah, but I don't think any of those episodes have been made yet. They're ah, okay, just okay. they're just penciled in. Right, so right, right, right. season five has episodes that are. Exi- I didn't want to look too closely to because yeah, yeah. even just a picture of an episode can tell you something. <laughs> um, it is about a crime family in Birmingham that has now, like as all crime families do, made itself legitimate by ownership of various factories and and works and properties across Birmingham, and. This show thrives on crisis and drama and there's always the family's always being plunged into crisis. Another crisis has arrived in the form of the Sicilian mafia who have decided to pay a visit to this family for reasons that you don't need me to tell you, but if you've watched the... First or second series, you may know about. Otherwise, you don't really need to. You can just start right now, season four, if you want. Though all the first three are available. Is uh, Sam Neill still in it? In season four? No, he he was very good mm. in it, and there there are a few actors who who uh, well-known actors who have come and gone. Uh, Tom Hardy is really good playing the patriarch of a, a, a clan of Hasidic. Criminals in London, and they have a love hate on off style, you know, pragmatical relationship. The um, Killing Murphy character Tommy and he, and it's it, it, it's he's great, and and he's he's t- you know, coming in and out of the show is great is enjoyable. Oh, you know, so you mean the Hasidic dress, or no, the, no, no, oh, no, I mean the I, I. Like the authenticity of detachable collar. I think it's odd to get all dressed up in that kind of get-up and not attach a collar or wear a tie. That's a weird look to me. Uh, (laughs) Lots of of hats, very good. Lots of swearing, smoking, constant smoking and constant drinking, which, again, is something that we just don't get to see enough of in today's (laughs) sanitised... Let's all care about each other's feelings. Yeah. Well, type here's, here's something
0: I would say to you on that. Mm. I actually think that drinking yes. is everywhere, right, on okay. TV. Regard and I'm talking about broadcast TV as well yeah, as streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like drinking is so common. Okay. So I would take take you I, I, I'm gonna take to, you to task I'm gonna, over that. I'm
1: gonna disagree and say that drinking in socially accepted times and places is common. So if you watch neighbours it's I, I don't know I, and I don't Maybe so it's a, a show made for
0: kids. Okay, right? all right.
1: So let's just pick another show. If you watch another show, it's all lo- right. Go to Home and yeah. Away. Okay, okay It's on
0: an hour and a half later. Am I? Am know? I? People are drinking in Home and I Away. Am I
1: going to see people drinking? At a, at a licensed venue like a restaurant yep. or a bar where people drink, yep. am I going to see them in the course of their day doing their job constantly nipping from a flask? Am I going to see them no, first no, thing in the no, morning? No, you're not going to see no, that, that. Unless that. there's a
0: storyline about yeah, somebody who's got a drinking it's, it's problem. A,
1: that's what this is. This is yeah. people no, constantly drinking okay, at all I'm hours not, of the day and yeah, okay, night. Okay, okay, that's so what it, I mean sure. when I say that you see this copious excessive drinking okay. and copious
0: excessive smoking. All right point I'm making yes. is that alcohol consumption is everywhere okay. in T V. Right. right. It's like and I'm outside of the kids' space. Right? Yeah 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 it is. You, it is you watch th- The Good Wife, there's like always yep. a bottle of wine yep. on the go. Okay. You watch Sea Change, you watch yep. whatever it is What's the back. show is, you must be excited. It's on. It's already Oh it's you know, already it's yeah, already yeah, yeah. it's already happening. Yeah the tide's almost out. <sighs> it's <laughs> It's almost uh, that. There's a show, a football show which is
1: uh, where they talk about football and they're all sitting around drinking a beer. It's, yeah. it's like I think it's sponsored by. Yeah. I make no, I make no
0: judgment about mm. it, but I would just say that it's pervasive. Yep. It's it's everywhere. It's incredibly normalized. Yep. Now, smoking used to be in that same space. It obviously mm. has not been for quite some time. But yes. what is happening in the streaming shows in yeah. particular is that smoking is is coming, coming back, back in, right? Smoking is suddenly Really, quite present mm-hmm. as, and it's not just because uh, of the period drama. I mean, yeah. the Mad Men was probably the show that did more than anything to sort of reestablish this as a yeah. as a marker of authenticity. And I tell you,
1: Jerry De La Feminist said they weren't smoking enough. He said that, yeah, everyone's talking about the smoking. You have no idea how much smoking. We would have clients, and everybody in the office was made to put a pack of whatever the client's brand is on the table, light them up, fill ashtrays. It was like everywhere you need to see people smoking, you know, Lucky Strike, if that was the client, whatever. Everywhere, Lucky Mm. Strike, people smoking them from the ground floor all the way up. Yeah, it was. Like nothing, madman. It's
0: there because we haven't we haven't noticed it before. So just today at work, mm. um, I was. He had a trying to no, I did not have a durry. I was trying to uh, get hold of an image to run with the story, yep. and there was one supplied uh, by the management of of this person, and it was of of him smoking. Yeah. Right? I uh, said so we can't run that. We have a policy that we don't run images of people oh, smoking. Okay. And even though I could, you know, I could see it was vaping rather than smoking. It was like I think it's same probably image. the same. Same so, American. If that's your pause. And they were like, "Oh, can you check it out? Because that's the image we really want to use." And it was like, "Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah really? Like, really? Yeah. What, what, what does this person do? Uh, a musician. Musician. And, okay. And it's interesting that I just think there is there is a kind of a subtle shift mm-hmm. that has gone on, and and uh I, I don't I don't know how how sort of widely it reverberates or how mm-hmm. deeply it, it goes, but I do think that culturally in the in the sort of uh, the space in which all this stuff plays out images of of smoking yep are suddenly not as anathema as they were say ten years ago right it's just it's just happening that they're cropping up and make of that what you will
1: well I am. Um I you know, I don't know what to make of it. It's a, a strange form of rebellion, isn't it? Um, saying, you know, we're we're gonna give us, we're gonna show you pictures of ourselves or, or or people smoking. It's kind of a weird thing because I mean, it's not that rebellious, is it? I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. Um. But anyway, uh, if you like smoking, there's lots of different kinds. <laughs> Pipes, cigars, <laughs> cigarettes, those little brown cigarillo things that Clint Eastwood would smoke and the Sergio Leone Western So there's lots of smoking, lots of swearing, uh, lots of violence, and it's a great family drama. It's on it's on Netflix if you would care to watch it. And everyone speaks in a Birmingham accent, which you don't get to hear as often as maybe you'd like.
0: With very good reason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carl, I've seen the uh, short and poster for the film you're about to talk about and it looks very exciting to me.
0: Okay, that film is Ad Astra. It's uh, directed by James Gray. Um, It stars Brad Pitt as an astronaut who uh, is on a mission to, well, to to basically track down his father who Mm -hmm. was also an astronaut and who has gone to the far reaches of the galaxy um, and Neptune and mm-hmm. we're in the vicinity thereof and uh, he's gone there to try and um, push the search for extraterrestrial life beyond what is capable uh, from Earth or even from Mars so this is set in the near future and uh, it's all sort of it's all this all the stuff in it is kind of tantalizingly close you could almost imagine it you know we we now live in the the era of uh elon musk and, and virgin potentially running commercial space flights very very soon mm-hmm. and uh there's a there's a a uh, scene in which um Brad Pitt's character goes to the moon mm. on a virgin atlantic flight uh-huh. and uh, he asks for he asks for uh a blanket and um and uh earplugs uh, thank you sir. that'll be hundred and twenty five dollars mm. <laughs> it's mm. kind of so you kind of go inflation suggests that's a little bit down the track, but not that far <laughs> we're
1: well, not on the moon if're fine of the moon <laughs>
0: uh, um so anyway it's it's conceptually it's really interesting um the there's the sort of the starting point is he's uh he's he's Working uh, as an astronaut, but he's working on this um, huge sort of telescope that is still tethered to the Earth mm-hmm. but protrudes into the stratosphere. Uh, it's all about trying to, it's all about basically um, SETI, the search for extraterrestrial mm-hmm. intelligence. So that's a kind of overriding theme of the, or sort of, I guess, narrative thread through the film. His father disappeared 20, I think it's 26 years ago, um, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. He has gone on this mission, uh, manned mission, to the outer reaches to Neptune and um, and has not been heard of. Is presumed dead. Um, but then there's these electronic pulses that um, cause havoc and mm. are potentially catastrophic. End of life on Earth, catastrophic. Mm-hmm. So um, th- they have to do something. And so our man... Brad Pitt is is charged with this, or tasked with this mission of uh, yeah. of perhaps getting out there and trying to uh, undo whatever damage is being done, and the suspicion is that maybe Dad is not dead after all. Mm. Now, all of that you will possibly have gleamed from the trailers, I mm. think, or at least some semblance yeah. semblance of that. I hope I haven't given too much away, and I don't think uh, I have. Uh, um, it's a it's a very interesting film. Mm. I'm not sure that I think it's entirely successful. Okay. Um, I think that it maybe is a little overreaching and then under-delivers a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, there are a couple of... I don't, don't want to say too much because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, a film like this, you want to see where it goes, where yeah, it takes yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It is very much... You want a surprise. Well, y- you may or may not be surprised, but there's certainly... Okay. Uh, but you want, you want the journey. You want the journey and... Through space um, and time. Through space and time. And I think it is visually beautiful yes. absolutely stunning sounds great mm-hmm. um it's very it's very controlled. Pitt's character is a uh hyper controlled compartmentalized person yeah. who sees his life in terms of having to basically not not allow things that are extraneous to distract him from the mission. Mm-hmm. And there's echoes in that, I think, of um, the depiction of, of Neil Armstrong in First Man. Oh, okay. Yep. So yep. Uh, so it kind of rings true, you know. Yep. Um, and he's sort of emotionally stilted, you'd have to say. Uh-huh. Um, he Astronauts have to be. Well, th- that's why I say yep. you know, th- that it rings true and that... Um, you know the depiction of Neil Armstrong I think uh, again I mean I don't know enough about Neil Armstrong Neil Armstrong to know whether the way he was portrayed in first man is absolutely yeah. accurate but yeah. from what I from what I have read and what his family have said it, it seems that it was mm-hmm. pretty close to the man uh, and yes it does sort of it does make sense that you don't want to be the sort of person who is distracted mm-hmm. who gets flustered yeah. who uh, whose mind is elsewhere. Emotional, emotional. Where's, that's them, right. where's yeah. their emotions? Yeah, yeah. For all to see, and, and and that's interesting. I mean, like seeing a second portrait of that. Yeah, um, you know, so close after, um, Ryan Gosling in in First Man. You kind of go, well, this must be this must be a theme in how they choose astronauts. Yeah, you know, they have to be people who are almost like not quite human. Well, they originally were test
1: pilots, and those are men who would get into a cockpit of something that was very likely to blow up. Yeah. And just, you know, so you, a certain personality is required to take such mortal risks every day, maybe five times a day at work. And
0: It's never explicitly stated in this, but you do get the sense that it's it's a, a mission that has a pretty low chance of a return leg. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. not quite a suicide mission, mm. but, you know. It's been a thing. The odds are pretty high. That, yeah, in, when it comes
1: to... Space travel, you either have to say goodbye <laughs> yeah. to everything that you have on Earth or you have to be prepared that any chance is, is, is a, a small chance and it's more likely that,
0: yeah. you know. Yeah. I think the, there are moments in this that are ab- absolutely brilliant, mm. like really dazzlingly good. Um, good. And I, I, again, I good. won't say much don't, about them don't. because they, are just, they just emerge yeah. and you go, Wow.
1: And this is the kind of thing that you would enjoy in a cinema with a big screen? Oh, absolutely. Like, it would be great if it were on at the Astra and they could give it
0: the 35 or 70 millimeter treatment. I, had, I think it's going to be good on any big screen. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, I, yeah, look, I would definitely, there say, are so I would definitely say this is a film that you want to see on the biggest screen you can manage. Is it manage?
1: at the big cinemas like the Hoyts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, like be, it'll be yeah. getting a big rollout. Okay. This yeah. um, good. So remember that, what Carl said. Watch it on the biggest screen you can find. <laughs> not the smallest screen, <laughs> the biggest screen that you can find. I'm not mentioning any cinemas, Carl. Good, you'll, oh, notice, you'll notice good. I'm not mentioning um, any body in particular, but the biggest screen is the best for this type of film. Like a Spalding Grey Swimming to Cambodia style film? Probably doesn't matter, you know. I'm going to go and see this film. Good. I'll see it at the IMAX, I reckon. I think I can get a discount or free in the IMAX.
0: They've been been having a Space Films Month at the IMAX. I'm glad you mentioned this. Yeah. I, I didn't know about this. Right, well... Before if it gets away from in you, in the Go days and have a when look.
1: newspapers had film pages, and I would subscribe to them, you could open it up
0: and see all the cinemas and all the films that were on. Well, now. you know why that that doesn't exist mm, anymore? The internet. No, because they stopped advertising. That's why those pages don't exist. Though. Yeah, but so. they
1: stopped advertising because of the internet, right? right? Yeah. Hmm. So I'm sorry I didn't know about this. Was it the month of
0: September? Mm-hmm. The whole of September. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good because uh, it may a, continue. I, I mean, it may go. It may extend beyond so I saw Gravity at the yeah. IMAX, yeah. and it was great. Yeah, great way to see a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I, look, while we're talking IMAX, yeah, I'll just, I'll just I mention mentioned it. I'll mention a little. Uh, A little Australian nature doc that is playing there um, called Australia the Wild Top End. It's Mm -hmm. a 3D film. It's 36 minutes long. It's one of those that it'll show to school groups, it'll show to, you know, you you go to the museum and you'll get a ticket kind of thing. Uh, It's great. Mm. It's really, it's a really cool little film and it's narrated by. The Aboriginal actor Tom E. Lewis, uh, also known as Balang, who died last year, and it's the uh, it's I think his last screen appearance. He's briefly in the film, but he he narrates it. And it's it's really the sort of uh, the northern part of the continent, Queensland, Northern Territory, (laughs) uh, into Arnhem Land, kind of all sort of framed through uh, Indigenous eyes. So you get, it's very much a sort of pro-conservation kind of story. It's like respect for the land, understanding the land, not not merely exploiting it kind Mm -hmm. of narrative. Very sort of quite light on yeah. on that it's not a, it's not a heavy sort of tub thumping kind of piece of work but it has some magnificent footage yeah. underwater footage of crocodiles yeah. right and <laughs> and crocodiles are like uh, they were they were his totem animal yeah. and so they they feature really prominently in this film you get the story of like uh you get a bit of anthropomorphizing, you, you mm-hmm. might object to, you know, where you've got um, uh, this crocodile egg hatching, and then we're meant to be following the same crocodile at five years, and yeah. the, you know, and now at 45 years. And I'm going, I don't think this film took 45 years to make. I think mm-hmm. maybe that's not the same crocodile. Mm-hmm. I cracked the code by that time. Yeah. Um, but the footage is magnificent. Oh, good. Well, that's, that's great. And, and
1: it's great to be reminded that there's such a Available and easy to get to resource like the IMAX, which it does show regular films, but also shows things like that.
0: But you know that the Melbourne Museum IMAX is the only IMAX cinema in Australia at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was yeah, there was one at Darling Harbour in Sydney. It's there closed was down. There was. Uh, they are reopening. An IMAX oh, okay. in Sydney, but probably not until next year, no, twenty twenty. I don't know if it's at Darling Harbour. I'm probably not in sure. Parramatta. They're, they're
1: moving everything to Parramatta in Sydney at the right, moment. Right. Yeah,
0: moving Parliament out there.
1: They're Moving everything to Parramatta, <laughs> the centre of We're Sydney. they are moving Glebe to Parramatta. Yep, they will. Glebe will be there. <laughs> so, if anyway, you we'll visit you next time, next time you're on holidays, visit Parramatta. <laughs>
0: Or while you're on holidays, while your kids are on holidays, mm-hmm. take them to have a look at Australia Wild Top End. It's very, very fun.
1: I might fun. take your advice.
0: Yeah. It's got that classic the first 3D. One ever did, but there's one, well, there's several great yeah. 3D shots, but there is one absolute perla where you go, yep, yeah, that was worth the price of admission. Fantastic. <laughs> Andrew, just, just because I can't help it, yep. I love this show so much. The Clappers. Yeah. yeah, me yeah, too. I love this. It's yeah. a great show. I this laugh show my too.
1: head off every Monday I'm driving right. along the highway listening to this, cacking myself. It's a great
0: show, the Clappers. Yep. Yeah. It's almost as good as mm-hmm. Succession. Now I know we've talked oh, about Succession. Man. No, I just I just want to say Why are you doing this? I'm doing this because because a lot of people won't have caught this, right? And we're talking a lot of, about it every week. Even a lot of people who've got Foxtel won't have found this show yet. Okay. So season one of it. Basically they snuck out, right? There was no yeah. fanfare. It was just sort of suddenly it was it was there. Yeah. Uh, about six months after it aired overseas, which right. is unusual for toll in this day and age. There was a suspicion. Is it because it's about the Murdoch You've said family? All this? Yeah, I know I've said all this, but what I'm just saying, yeah. I'm giving people a little another prompt, chance. A little prompt yep. because season two is on at the moment. Yep. I've just watched the sixth episode of season two. It's yes. 10, ten eps per season. Right. I I am just so so delighted with this show because Mm -hmm. it gets better and better the acting is incredible it's funny it's it's Machiavellian it's it's just sordid it's really the the writing is so good the direction the music it's like I can't imagine a better show to be watching at this moment in time so I would urge everybody who's got got access to this yep check it out there you go Succession do start with season one if you haven't seen it though good idea and and just know that it gets better and better as it goes on. Because it's not very good at the start. It's great at the start. Okay, good. But it just keeps getting oh, better. Oh, good, good. Fantastic. <laughs> That's it. I promise I won't mention it again. Oh, at least not until will. next week. But you will.
1: <laughs> That's it for the Clappers. Once again, thank you for listening. We will return. You can enjoy past episodes of The Clappers wherever you get your podcast. You can also visit The Clappers' Facebook page and get all kinds of different pleasures from looking at that.